Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. So we have been in this stay-at-home state of mind now, probably around sometime mid-March. And it's been a very different experience, I'm sure, for all of us. Some of us are ready to be done. Others of us are just holding out and waiting for some good news. And But for all of us, life has changed in some way. For some, life has slowed down a ton. For others of us, life maybe has sped up. We feel like life is actually busier. It's, it's, it's totally different. And for all of us, things have changed. Some of us find ourselves we've lost our job. Some of us, we found that our jobs have, have totally taken a new shape and form. All of our meetings are now done online and we see somebody, but we don't actually are physic. we're not physically there. Maybe you're a teacher and now you're having to think of a whole new way of teaching your students but never really being able to help them in the way that you felt called for so long. You want to, you're a hands-on kind of teacher, and now you have to do it through a video, and, and you are just thinking, this, this is not what I signed up for. Some of you, you are, you are right in the middle of this COVID mess. You are right in the middle of, of helping patients and helping people, and, and you're surrounded by it. And, and we all find ourselves in different places and different things, and with all these things going on, Right now, what are we going to walk away thinking about? How can we walk away better and changed and different? How can we get to the other side of this as better people? What is that going to look like for us? What, what are we supposed to learn and get out of this time? Because I think for all of us in this time, it's different and it's, it's rattling our souls. It's rattling the inside of us. And I think for, for all of us, there is something that we can glean, we can learn. For us to make the most out of this time, we need to step back. We need to step back and, and evaluate the current situation. <clears throat> any time in life that we see that we any time in life if we want to see a better view or a better picture you have to step back I, I remember a couple weeks ago my wife and I we went hiking and it was just it was beautiful outside we were, we were hiking Deems Hill I don't know if you've ever hiked that that one but it's a great hike it's longer and <clears throat> and we were hiking that one and I, I the, the clouds were it was just it was just a beautiful night um, beautiful dawn or whatever time it was and I wanted to get a picture, but from the angle I was at, I, I couldn't get the view I wanted. So I had to step back to get a better view. I had to step back so I could see more of what I'm wanting to see. So I could, the tree was no longer in the way and the things that, that were blocking the view of what I wanted to see, this valley and all the flowers, I had to step back. In basketball, there's a term called the step back. Steph Curry and and James Harden are famous for it. And the whole purpose of, of the step back is, one, it's to it, it's as the shooter is getting ready, he's, he's stepping back from the defense so that he can get a better view of the hoop. And he has to, in that moment, you step back to, to cause some divide from, from what is causing the distraction to take a, a better view on, do I pass it or do I shoot? And if you know anything about James Harden, his is always to step back to get the better shot. So you step back, you cause some space between you and the defense, you get a better view of the hoop, and you take a shot that you might get. The step back. In both of these situations, there is a need to step back to get a better better view of, of what's happening around us. 
So as we look at these past few weeks, I'm sure many of us have been asking questions. God, what am I supposed to be getting out of this time? What am I supposed to be getting out of this time? God, what are you wanting to teach me? God, what are you wanting me to learn? And God, why is all of this happening anyways? Have you asked any of those questions or maybe those other questions rattling in your mind as as you are trying to figure this whole thing out? If we want to be able to grow and learn in this time, if we want to be able to, after all this, if we want to be better people, then we have to be willing to step back and listen so that we can hear what God has for us. Over the next three weeks, we are going to be, one, this week, taking a step back. Next week, we're going to be determining our next steps. What does it look like after we've taken a step back? And the third week, we're going to say, we're going to be looking at, okay, now we need to make a move. With the things that God has spoken to us in our step back. With the things that God now has shown us, okay, this is what I want to do and change in you. Then how do we make the moves to become the people that God wants us to be? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for just being so good, being so loving and caring and for having a plan and for using this time. And Lord, I ask that you would speak to us and encourage us in your word. God, I ask that you'd speak to churches all over the valley and all over the world today. Lord, I I think of my new friend David over at Hillside Church um, in California. Lord, I think of Bryson over at Relentless. Um, I think of Andrew over at Cross Church, um, Jared over at Desert City Church. And God, I ask that you would just bless your people And bless us at City View, Lord, today. God, we ask for healing upon our world, healing upon our nation. Lord, I pray for revival, God, that you would bring about a life change that rattles our nation, that brings people to their knees. Lord, that we might see you move in a way that we could never even begin to imagine. God, thank you for being in control. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you would turn with me. To First Peter chapter, or no, I'm sorry. If you would turn with me to First Kings chapter 19, verse 9. First Kings chapter 19. So over these next few weeks, we're going to look at two people. First, we're going to look at this uh, uh, a guy, a prophet named Elijah. And then we're going to be looking at Elijah and Elisha and this relationship of the two of them together. But first, we're going to look at Elijah. <clears throat> This guy who was this mighty prophet that God used in a powerful way to help the people of Israel turn their hearts back to God. But in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9, here's where we find him. There, he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? We're looking at Elijah. Right here in verse 9, we find Elijah in a cave. He's in the dark, thinking about his past and his potential future and what might happen to him and how he wants to end all things. He just wants to be done with life. And God says to him, what are you doing here? Why do you feel so alone and why do you feel so lost, Elijah? What's going on, dude? Why why do you feel this way? 
But for us to understand what got Elijah in a cave, and maybe some of you, you maybe you find yourself sort of in a, in a place similar to this, in a cave. Maybe your cave is your house, your apartment. Maybe your cave is uh, uh, just a, a place, your, it's your garage right now. Will you just feel stuck in the dark and you can't find the light? Maybe your cave is, has nothing to do with the physical. Maybe your cave is your own mind, your own soul. And you just feel sort of trapped right now. But if we want to understand how in the world did Elijah find himself in a cave, we have to step back and find out what got him there. How did he end up in this cave? It's a great, and then God asks him as he's in this cave, a question, what are you doing here, dude? Why are you here? What are you, and I ask you right now, what are you doing? If God were to ask you, what are you doing here right now in the middle of the sermon, as you're starting to think through, as you're starting to really process these things, you know, we're <clears throat> trying to figure out how much longer is this going to take? When, when, is thing, when are things going to turn back on? When is life going to go? What if God were to ask you, what are you doing here? What are you doing with this time? What are you doing with this pause in life? What are you doing with the time of having to stop the busyness of life? And what are you doing to evaluate? You know, my life is, is busy. It is. It's busy. My, my kids, usually at this time, my kids are, I will usually would have one playing football, another one playing basketball, another one getting ready for swim team. That would be this time right now. As we getting finished with April, rolling into May, my kids would be rolling into sports. And we would be having sports like every night of the week on top of city group on top of getting ready for church and all the other things that happen in life. And right now, we everything is paused. You can't even go to a fun store. You go to the grocery store. So in this pause, my wife and I really are going, okay, what can we do? We've found ourselves hiking. We found ourselves doing other things, going out for a walk at night, watching that new TV show, The Chosen. If you haven't checked that out, check it out. It's a great show. But <clears throat> what are you doing now, as God asked Elijah, what are you doing? So what got Elijah here? What got him into a cave? You have to go back to chapter 18. And I'm going to summarize. I'm going to tell you the story. So we go back to chapter 18. And you would think that if we go back, what got him to this cave is life had to have been bad and miserable. He had to have been in a place where it was just one bad thing piled upon another, piled upon another. And all of a sudden, he's just giving up, going, man, I hate life and I want to just end it. That's actually not what happens. This, we find him in a cave after the greatest victories of his life, after one of the biggest moves he's ever seen God do. That's where we find Elijah. He just saw God do some amazing things in 1 Kings chapter 18. So here's what's happening. The people of Israel have turned their hearts away from God. They do not want to follow God. They've been following these other gods called Baal and Asherah. They've been following these other gods and they've been doing detestable, despicable things in the worship of these other gods. Things to, they, they've been killing other people in worship, in sacrificing things. They, they've been doing, it's just horrendous the kind of things they're doing. And this broke Elijah's heart for his people. It broke his heart for people. 
seeing them live in a way that's in fear of making sure they're pleasing this God Baal, pleasing the priest, that, that he's watching his people live a life that God has not called them to live. And he loved this people and he wanted them to turn back to the real God. And then he had this guy named King Ahab and his wife Jezebel, who were just sheer evil, evil, evil king and queen. And so he says, okay, King Ahab, he tells this prophet Obadiah, he says, hey, I want you to go and I want you to tell King Ahab to meet me and have all the people of Israel and all the priests of Baal and Asherah meet me on top of Mount Carmel. Meet me there. And so they go up there and he says, okay, guys, there's 850 priests of, of the priests of Baal and Asherah, 850 of them. And there's one prophet, Elijah, one man following God. Have you ever felt alone and like you're the only one living for God? Maybe at your work, maybe at life, maybe in your home, maybe in your family, you're the only one standing up for what's right. That's Elijah right here. He's the only one. He's all alone. And so he tells him, he says, okay, here's what we're going to do. We want to see whose God is real. He goes, we're going to build two altars. <clears throat> you prophets of uh, priests, prophets of Baal, uh, Asherah, you guys build one over here. I'm going to build one over here. We're going to sacrifice an animal each on one. You guys can go first. Whoever's God sends fire from heaven, that's the real God. So that's how they decided. So <clears throat> these prophets, they go and they start saying their prayers, running around the, this, this altar, and they start shouting to their God, wanting their God to hear, and they're even like cutting themselves and, and trying to show their God how much they love him. And at some point, sometime around noon, they've been going for a few hours, Elijah goes, hey guys, maybe you need to be louder. Maybe he can't hear you. Maybe your God's busy right now. Maybe he, he, he doesn't know what's happening. Or, or maybe, maybe your God's on a journey. Maybe he stepped out for a minute. Maybe, maybe your God's going to the restroom. He says he's occupied. The idea is maybe he's using the restroom and he's sort of mocking them like, guys, you've been going for hours. Why isn't your God listening? And so they, they ignore Elijah and they continue to do this for hours and hours and hours. And then Elijah goes, okay, guys, now it's my turn. It's my turn. So then we see in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 30 through 35. If you want to read this to your kids, it's a great, I'd read it with mine earlier this week. And he said, okay, guys, let's build the altar. So he takes stones and wood and he builds this altar. He says, now I want you to dig a trench around the altar. So they dig this trench that can hold like five gallons of water. So if you can picture this trench that's around this altar now. And now he says, I want you to go and fill four large pitchers of water, dump it on wood and stone. He goes, okay, now go do it again. Okay, now do it again. So the trench now is full of water. Every bit of the wood is drenched. And, and you know, and maybe you don't know, but when wood is wet, it cannot burn. He's wanting to make sure they know there's no trickery, there's no magic, there, there's nothing that he's gotten rid of any possibility of him being able to accomplish this on his own. He's drenched everything. And he says, okay, God, God, this is up to you. We find his prayer in 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 36 and 37. He says, God, this is up to you now. He says, God, he has these five things that he wants to see God do. He says, God, let everyone know that you are the God of gods. 
He says, God, I want everyone to know that you are using me and that you're speaking through me so that people can trust. God, let them know that. He says, God, let them know that I'm obeying you, that this is not my own words or my own doing. God, but let them know. And all these people are hearing his prayer. God, let them know that I'm obeying you. He says, God, let everyone see that you are the God of God. Not just know it, but let them see it. And God, I pray, he says, I pray that the people would turn back to you. This is his prayer. This is his hope. These are the results he wants. Man, as we pause and think, what are we praying that happens at the end of all of this? Are we praying, oh man, I can't wait for that stimulus check. I'm going to go and buy what I want. Or are we praying, God, how can I help further your kingdom and your goodness? Are we looking going, man, I can't wait to just get back to my normal way of life. I can't wait to go back to doing all the things I used to do. Or are we saying, God, what is it you want to change and do different? You know, Elijah, we see this prayer. It's all focused around a life that revolves around God, that trusts God, that wants to obey God, that wants to see hearts turn back to God. So what are you praying now? So it says then in verses 38 and 39, and he says, Amen. And it says, immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned the young bull and the wood and the stone and the dust. And it even licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord, he is God. Everything Elijah prayed for happens. The fire shoots down. Can you imagine seeing this? Can you imagine being there in this moment? Fire shoots down from heaven. It consumes the altar. It doesn't just light it on fire. It's not like when you light your charcoal grill. I don't know if you're a charcoal guy. I'm a charcoal guy. I just taste better. It's my thought. But you light your charcoal grill and all of a sudden it's just sort of burning and you know your, your coals just light. No, it's not like that. This fire comes down. It says it consumes the wood. That means it's gone. Consumes the rocks. That means it's gone. Somehow it consumes the dirt. It leaves this black ring on the ground and it even licks up the water. Can you picture this? So not only does God say, I'm going to light it on fire. God says, I'm going to blow it up with fire. And so you see this huge moment. It's a win-win, right? We would think, okay, Elijah's got to be stoked. Elijah's got to be so excited that everything he prayed for happened that he's actually seeing God move right no no yes everything Elijah asked for happened he saw God answer he saw God send fire the people worship God the enemy was destroyed so why do we find him in a cave just a few days later why do we find him in a cave why do we find him wanting to die well because there's this queen named Jezebel who hates God and hates anything to do with God. And you will find those people always in your life. When God does some of his greatest things in your life, you will always see somebody negative coming to attack you. Always. You have to be on your guard. Whenever you see your greatest victories, the devil is trying to steal your joy. So be careful. Because that's what Elijah allows. He allows a lady named Jezebel to come in and steal his joy. 
And we see there in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 2, so Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed my priests. Just as you killed them. She says, may the gods. First off, right here, thinking this, knowing the whole story, he should have thought, may your gods? Your gods couldn't even light a thing on fire. My God did. Why should I be scared of you threatening me with what your gods will do to you? Your gods can't do anything. That was would be my thought. But have you guys ever gotten so distracted, so worried, so worked up that you forgot everything about your God? That's what happens to Elijah. Somehow he forgets everything and he runs. He runs for his life and he runs for fear. But why? How could he forget so quickly? How could he forget such great and mighty acts of the Lord? It's amazing how quickly our minds can go to the dark. It's amazing how quickly our thoughts can forget the good and allow the bad to overtake it. If we don't take every thought captive, then our thoughts will take us captive. If we don't take every thought captive, then our thoughts will take our souls captive. And that's what happens with Elijah. He doesn't take his, his thoughts captive. He allows his thoughts to run. And he runs in fear. He runs into the desert. And then God meets him in the desert and God provides for him food. He goes, God, I just want to die. And God says, eat. God, I just want to die. And God says, just eat. And then he runs. And then we find him in a cave in verse 9. Excuse me, First Kings chapter 19. It says there, verse 9. He came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars and they've killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left. And now they want to kill me too. God says, Elijah, what are you doing here, dude? Did you not hear me speak? I, I, I just showed you how mighty I am. I just showed you that I'm listening. I just showed you that I'm there. You asked me to show everybody that I'm the God of gods. I did that. You asked me to show everybody that you're obeying me and that I am with you and that I am empowering you. I did that. You asked me to turn your people's hearts back to me. I did that. Why, why are you here? Why have you forgotten so quickly? Why have you allowed this, these dark thoughts to overtake you? And I ask you now, what are you doing here? Have you allowed things to overtake you? What is God asking you? What are you doing with your time? You have time now. How many of us are asking God these questions? God, what are you trying to teach me? Have you asked God that in this time? Okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? I mean, I, I haven't been so slow and so at home. God, I'm, I'm, my kids are driving me up the wall. I'm not built for homeschooling. And some of you moms, you are like homeschooling amazing. And you need to teach classes and you need to help some of us know how to organize our lives. You are amazing. Some of us are going, God, I, I know it's really bad to think evil thoughts about my children. But God, I can't help it. Sunday night comes and I immediately think evil. And then your kids are thinking the same way. Your kids are going, 
God, I don't like my mom. She's bad. And I hate my teachers and they're evil. And teachers, you're going, God, I, I, I'm, this isn't what I signed up to do. I don't want to teach over Zoom to my kids. I want to see my kids. And so I ask you, what are you asking God, what are you trying to teach me in this? God, what am, are you asking God, what am I supposed to get out of this time? God, how can I make the most of this time? What is your question right now to God? And if you really want to see what God wants for us, if we really want to see what God wants for us, then here's what we got to do. We've got to step back. You got to pause for a moment. You got to step back. You got to say, okay, God, what? What is it? And you got to be willing to listen. You've got to pause long enough. You can't be like, okay, God, what do you want? Okay, God, I guess whatever. I'll just keep going. I'll just keep doing this. You've got to pause. You've got to pause. What does that look like? I mean, you've got to take a look around. You've got to analyze your situation. You've got to look and you've got to say, okay, God, you've got to ask, God, what is it? You've got to pray. Get into God's word. Just think about the things that are happening. Okay, God, what has changed? What is different? What is new? And God, what is it you want to do later? What are the things you're wanting to change in my life later? If we don't take the time now to see what we can learn in this pause, we will waste this pause. If you don't take the time now to see what God wants to teach you in this pause, you're going to waste this pause because I don't know we're going to have this kind of time again. Just look at outside. Look at the sky. It's bluer than it's ever been. It's clearer than it's ever been. Pollution all over is down. It's clear. You can see what the pause is doing for creation. Imagine what it wants to do to your soul if you pause. So what does this look like? How can we step back? How can we make the most of this time? I think we can look to Jesus. Because Jesus lived an extremely busy life, never in a hurry, but always busy. And what did Jesus do? When we look at the gospels, Jesus continually went up to a mountain or would go and get away by himself and pray. So how's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? How's your conversations with God going? It says in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, but Jesus himself would often Slip away to the wilderness to pray. Now you may be like, I'm a single mom. I can't slip away to the wilderness. My kids will do something terrible. Your wilderness might be your backyard. It might be a closet. It might be your bedroom with the door locked for five minutes. It might be the bathroom. I know some of you are thinking, I've tried all those places and they always find me. How do my kids always find me? I I get it. I feel the same way. But you need to find that spot because Jesus struggled with the same thing. Anytime he got away, you'll see that then Peter found him. And then Peter's like, hey, Jim, hey Jesus, the people are looking for you. He's like, all right. But you got to find that time. Get away. Jesus often stepped back to keep things focused. We find in the scriptures in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John six different times where we find Jesus doing this very thing. And if Jesus needed to step back How much more do we? Even the night that he was betrayed, he got away and he asked God some tough questions. God, is this really the plan? Is this really what you want to do? So we got to step back. Jesus is our great great example in that. So what does Elijah do? He's in a cave. 
God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Elijah immediately starts complaining. God, I'm all by myself. I'm alone. I just want to die. This isn't fair. Wah, wah, wah. Maybe you guys have heard your kids do this. Maybe you've heard your roommate do this. And they're just like, wah, wah, wah. And you're like, get over it. Come on. Life isn't that bad. And God says, Elijah, get out of the dark and move to the light. That's what he says. Elijah, get out of the dark. Get out of the cave. Get out of it. And move to the light. Okay, kids, I hope we tried to get as many of you this bag as possible. If you didn't get the bag, please message us and let us know so that we make sure we have everybody in our system. But you should have gotten a bag if you are a kid watching service today. Because inside this bag are some things that you are going to need for what's next. So God says in verse 11, Get out, stand before me on the mountain. And the Lord told him. And Elijah stood there. He stood there. And it says, And the Lord passed by. And a mighty wind, a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. And all of a sudden, the wind was shaking. So kids, I want you to get out your fans. I want you to get your fans out right now. A mighty wind. A mighty wind came. But it says, it says there, it says it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn and loose. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. You see, sometimes we can think, God, I can only experience you when, when it's an amazing music session or when, when there's an amazing worship or when somebody else is preaching. God, I can only hear you when, when my pastor is preaching or when so-and-so on TV or when I listen to this podcast. God, that's when you hear me. God isn't always in those amazing times. So it says, after the wind, there was an earthquake. Okay, kids, I want you to get out the pop rocks. Get out the pop box. Parents, if you're not okay with this, you make the decision. It's my illustration. This is where it's going. So kids, if you've got this, check out the pop rocks, okay? Pop those in your mouth. I'm not going to do that because there's no way I'll be able to teach. This is after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Lord wasn't in it. And it says, and after the earthquake, there was a fire. Okay, kids, get out your atomic fireball. You might say they're too hot. Give it a try. Get out that atomic fireball. And then what does it say? But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and he stood at the entrance of the cave and, the vo and he heard the voice of God and God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I think so many times we hope to hear God in the big things. We hope to hear God in the crazy windstorms and in the earthquakes, in the fire. But where does he hear God? It says, in the quiet whisper, in the Sierra mist, in the stillness, in that gentle blowing is when he hears God. It was in that still, quiet moment that Elijah realized God was wanting to speak. That God had something for him. And God asks him the same question. What are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? God's not frustrated. God's not angry. God is not mad. 
what we're showing, what we're seeing is that God is not giving up. God is not going to quit on Elijah until he gets Elijah's attention because he has more to do through him. And if God has more to do through Elijah, he has more to do through you. This time at home, this time with the pause, this time as we step back, God has more to do through us and God had more to do through Elijah. And I ask you, what are you doing? Are you listening for God? Are you looking for what you can learn in this time? Are you taking a step back and evaluating your priorities and evaluating your things. We are hearing a lot about these essential things, essential workers. And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking, Elijah got to this point where he's like, I'm not essential. I'm not important. God, I'm all alone. And I wonder how many of you who lost your jobs or you were let go or you're told you need to just stay home from work. I wonder how many of you thought, I always thought I wasn't essential, but now even the government says I'm not essential. Even the government says I should just stay home. So it proves my point. Do not let those thoughts creep into your minds. Because God created each and every one of us with a purpose and a plan to do and to live and to be an example for him. God created you on purpose for a purpose. He did not create you by accident. You are essential to God. You know, God had already heard Elijah back in chapter 18. And God hears you now. God hears him say, and God hears Elijah and he says, Elijah, what are you doing? God wants to do the most with with Elijah, and God wants to do the most with this time now. And I believe God is going to use this pause to prepare us, to prepare us for what's next, to get ready for that. And so Elijah, he steps out and he hears God say again, what are you doing? And Elijah again, he goes, God, I'm the only one left. And then God tells him soon after, he says, Elijah, I want you to go. I have more for you. And Elijah, I have set aside over 7,000 men who have not bowed their knee to another God. They have, I have their heart and they believe in me. So Elijah, you're not alone. Let's get ready and let's rock and roll. And God tells you, you are not alone. He wants to use you and he has more planned for you. So get ready for more. So get ready for what's next. As you step back, ask, where am I? Where am I? And God, what is it you want to show me? And then listen, be quiet, be still, and let God speak. And really think about it. Next week, we're going to look and see, okay, God, where do you want to go now? I've stepped back, God, and I I hear you. God, now, where is it you want to go? And maybe for you, you're in a moment going, man, I felt alone and never realized that God is there for me. God is so real and he so loves you and he cares for you. And I just want to tell you that God wants to do something in your life more than you could ever imagine or think. I heard one of my favorite pastors, he says, not only does God make my life better, but God makes me better at life. And I believe that for you. And if you don't believe in Jesus right now, I want to ask that you would pray with me. That you would give your life to the Lord. Say, God, I'm done living alone. I'm done living by myself. God, I'm done living for myself. God, I want to live for you. And just pray this. God, 
I want to live for you. God, I'm sorry for trying everything else. God, I ask that you would take over my life. God, I believe in your son, Jesus, that he died for me. And God, I ask that you'd forgive me of me and help me to live for you now. In Jesus' name. If, if you prayed with me, if you prayed with me, please, please go to this link right here, cityviewphx.com. Let us know. Tell us about your decision. Because life is not meant to be lived alone. It's meant to be lived together. So please, let us know. I want to pray for all of you. Lord, God, as we step back and take a look at all that's happening in life, Lord, I pray that you would teach us. May we have ears to hear and a heart that is ready to receive from you what you have for us. And God, I pray that when the doors are open, we would burst through them and we would live lives that are radically for you. God, I thank you that you love us, that you care for us. In Jesus' name, I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.